You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo. To find out more, visit oasiswaterloo.org. Hi, my name is Dan Chalk. Uh, I love our community and everything that we do to bring a tangible retelling of the challenge and good news of Jesus. And these verses, the final sayings of Jesus that we're exploring over Easter, bring a clarity to his life. Imagine you were Jesus' biographer, and that is essentially what the Gospel writers were. As you approach the climax of your book, the death of the protagonist, the words that you record and the closing scenes you create have to respond to all of the questions you've left unanswered. You select those scenes and those words, not merely because you're recording history, but there are so many things that you had to omit but because they most perfectly conclude your message. So these final words of Jesus are heavy with meaning. When Nath offered the opportunity to share some thoughts around these last sayings, a big part of me recoiled. Some of these sayings that reference a reality that is so far beyond our comprehension unsettle me, and I find them hard to grapple with or make sense of. And that's why I ultimately volunteered for this verse, Luke 23, 43. Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I picked it not because I have a deep understanding of it, I'm sorry, but because I find it challenging. It causes me to reflect on the nature of knowledge and learning, and specifically my attempts to reduce the ineffable to the comprehensible. Rather than appealing to assuming or guessing how you dissect, understand, accept and respond to scripture, um, I'll share my perspective and my hope is that you find it encouraging or helpful. Having been brought up in a church family, I spent my youth going to church and I realise that may sound like that's all I did, but in fairness that's how it felt. Um, but I also enjoyed it. I formed great lifelong friendships and less good, less permanent rock bands. I was surrounded by a mix of people, young and old, and uh, as culturally diverse as Pearly gets. And each year we would head to Spring Harvest, which is like a week-long church service, but with rollerblading. At Spring Harvest, you could, and presumably still can, purchase the very worst Christian merchandise available. And the worst, by some distance, a product so bad that still upsets me to this day. It was a hoodie with the slogan, Does My Faith Look Big in This?, emblazoned across the back. That hoodie caused nightmares and a crisis of faith. I remember feeling awful because I knew that I didn't have the faith to even contemplate wearing it. And that, I understood, rendered me a bad Christian, if I could claim to be one at all. To this day, I sometimes find it uncomfortable telling people I'm a Christian or saying that I go to church. But in the years that I've been concealing my secret, I've slowly understood why. And I should tell you now, before you judge me, that it has nothing to do with my eagerness to talk about debate and learn to live like Jesus, but it has everything to do with the church and the hoodies that go with it. I've always found it hard to be a slogan bearer for causes that I don't fully understand or belong to. And so being part of the church and routinely making what may be called faith-based statements, I found uncomfortable. There are so many stories in scripture that seem ridiculous to take literally, but that was the only available option. 
We were taught that to question or doubt was wrong or weak. You were supposed to be proud to belong to the group who believed that a man was swallowed by a fish, that all living creatures could squeeze onto a boat, and that it was done so that God could kill all the murderers. The irony always seemed to escape us. The church, at least in my experience, was caricatured by a belief in some pretty outlandish statements that had little bearing on our lives, except to engender a kind of intellectual absence or absence of responsibility. We're sometimes made to feel that a searching and critical approach to scripture is equivalent to untrust. But let's look at that. We are all children of our time. We've been taught to think by our parents, friends, schools, culture, and the available knowledge and technology. We have been taught within the empirical philosophy to test, analyze, and observe. And that's not a bad trait. It's taught us to understand so much about our world and how to care for it. It's taught us so much about scripture and how to interpret and, and apply it. Bruno, the 16th century Italian cosmologist, developed the then controversial Copernican model. Copernicus famously discovered that the sun, rather than the earth, was at the centre of our solar system, a truth that he was forced to recant by the church. Bruno went further. He said that the stars were other suns, that some had planets capable of sustaining life, and that the universe was infinite. And then, on Ash Wednesday in 1600, he was taken to a market square, stripped, had his tongue imprisoned because of his wicked words, he was hung upside down and then finally burned at the stake. Bruno did not diminish truth. He only revealed how small we have made God. Scrutiny of scripture does not diminish it. It only reveals its depth and how we can or should respond. What's all this got to do with the verse, today you'll be with me in paradise? Well, for me, I feel challenged to be like that thief to come broken, flawed, but honest. Don't be ashamed of our scrutiny and our questions, and after our best attempts to understand it and live it, we come to this mysterious promise of Christ. It raises all sorts of questions, like how long was the thief with Jesus before Jesus nipped back off to finish things with his followers and have that last barbecue on the beach? We don't know it all, and I don't think we're supposed to. And I know that this side of things, we won't know at all. So know this, there remains a reality and a renewal that we cannot grasp, but it must give us hope.